Welcome back to the 1208-Bit Nerd Church Podcast, which is a part of the Jackson Cloud Network. The Jackson Cloud is an online church that we started to help uh, those who are in need of a church during pandemic, uh, especially those who are in need because they're sick and too dangerous to go out for them, and those who maybe never had the habit of going to church and decided they probably weren't going to make that habit during a pandemic. <laughs> Anyways, it's... Yeah, I mean, I, we got faith talks. We got nerds on here. We got games on a different place. It's a lot of fun, and you guys should join us too. Yeah, and uh, speaking of 1208-bit, we just launched a new Facebook page uh, over on Facebook, obviously. Uh, so make sure that you go and check that out. I'll put it in the comments right below as to... Where to go? Check out the 1208-bit. <laughs> we got, so Nerd Church uh, page is basically going to be used for uh, posting tasteful but gnarly memes, bro. Um, and letting people know about what's going on at Nerd Church so you guys can come prepared if you aren't a person that is um, primarily in use of Discord constantly. But if you want to join the Discord, message us on Facebook, message us, get get a hold of us somehow, message us through Facebook Live while we're actually doing stuff, and uh, you can get a, get a hold of us, get into Nerd Church, see if we can play some video games and stuff with you. We've been going through Minecraft a lot lately, uh, trying to get to the Ender Dragon. We're getting close, like actually fun. Finally, getting close to something. So we think, anyway. Well, so. yeah. I mean, we don't. We actually know. don't. We don't know anything it. about that. So. It's Olivia <laughs> from the Jackson Cloud is the one who's really leading us. And, uh, yeah, she's she's good at that. Actually, kind of her stuff. and Casey. Yeah, if they tell us that we're almost there, then we're almost there. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Well, today we're going to talk about one of my favorite TV shows. Same. Don't know if we're allowed to say that as pastors, but oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have been falling asleep to the TV show Futurama now for. Mm, several years. I'm sure it's in my mind and my subconscious the whole time I'm sleeping. So I oh, dude, I watched Futurama. So I've watched it at least four or five times through yeah. all the way. Yeah, for sure. Um, just like Adventure Time, it's one of those shows that uh, kind of starts off wacky and weird, and you don't really think it's gonna have like this overall huge storyline or anything. But by the end, everything's coming together. These characters are just. Um, some of your favorite people, you feel like you're hanging out with friends when you watch the show somehow, and like, yeah. man, it's just it's just a good ride. Well, that was the thing. Like in college, I would uh, I'd fall asleep with the Simpsons on, and when I would wake up, it'd still be on. I'm like, ah, my friends are still here. <laughs> it'd just be the DVD menu repeating. <laughs> but for whatever reason, I'm like, I feel I feel not alone. And Futurama was the other one that I would fall asleep to, which is basically the same. Yeah, it's Matt Groening. It's the same creator and all yeah. that. Um, it is probably... It'd be a little more adult than Simpsons. But this... What's nice about Futurama and The Simpsons is when I was growing up, these were like, oh, those are very adult. And now, like, <laughs> I go back and watch 20 seasons of The Simpsons. I'm like, hmm, this is nowhere near as bad as today's adult television. Like, not even remotely close. In fact, there's a lot of family values. Yeah, I remember the, throughout this. Yeah. my middle school teacher was, like, so kind of... He was, like, kind of ashamed. He's like, yeah, I watched The Simpsons. Uh, it's a good show, though. Like, I don't recommend you guys to watch it, like, alone. Like, talk to your parents if you want to watch it kind of a thing. But I really enjoy it. And it's like... 
Dude, like nowadays, like there's Family Guy, there's oh yeah, there's uh, there's South Park, there's all these things. South Park was kind of out then though as well. So yeah, well those really pushed the limits. But like <laughs> the Simpsons, there's a few episodes where I'm like, guys, why did you do that? Like that wasn't really your style. That was someone else's. Yeah. But, but for the most part, like I go through like the Simpsons, I'm like, there's a lot of family values in here. I would understand why kids shouldn't watch this because, you know, you see a cartoon and you're like, ooh, kid values. And then you watch it like, ooh, not kid values. Not so kid like values. I get that. But like if you're old enough, then it, it there's actually a lot there that can be helpful. Futurama was similar is that it... Uh, it it has a sci-fi way of not necessarily telling family values, but of discussing. This is what sci-fi is good for. Sci-fi is very good for discussing all different kinds of conversations. And when you throw a comedic light onto it, it makes it easier to kind of like process and yeah. not take as seriously, but also take seriously just enough to chew on it. Yeah, I mean, so what what was really stuck out for Futurama for me uh, was just the amount of content that they could connect with each other over mm-hmm. over time, and the amount of uh, relativity they had to what was either happening at the time and or had happened. Um, I love Matt Groening's way of just kind of like just taking what's happening now, what's happening, and he just comment on it in yeah. a really stupid, yeah. doesn't really matter kind of a way. Yeah. I love it. And that's actually, so here's what I've noticed. Like, you know how, uh, like with The Simpsons, there's the the prophecies, the Simpson prophecies. (laughs) Like, there'll be jokes said throughout the years that end up coming true. That in their time was like ridiculous comedy, and then it happens later down the road, right? Yeah. So that, uh, I've decided that that's kind of what satire does, which is both what Futurama and Simpsons are is satire almost has this like prophetic edge to it simply because it takes the moments that we currently live in, mm-hmm. explodes them to a ridiculous capacity, and just imagines, what if we kept living this way? <laughs> you know, like, what would the world be like? And most of us, we watch that like, ha, 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 like we would do that. And then it happens. And then it happens. We're, <laughs> we're like, oh, 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 oh. we did that. You know, like when they throw the... In Futurama, they shoot the comet ball of trash into space. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we didn't have anywhere to put our trash anymore, our recycling, so we shot it off into space, and now it's coming back to kill us. You know, like, there's this... There's this interesting tale of like recycling and its importance and like <laughs> how it could come back to bite us if we're... Because by the end of that, they're like, what did we learn? Well, let's send another one into space. It won't be our problem. It will be someone else's down the road. And like... Man, the way that they comedically just taught a lesson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And with the Simpsons, you were talking about how uh, like how Trump got elected and everything. That was something that was That's considered ridiculous humor, yeah. you know, back in the day. Um, well, I think Lisa gets on the phone. She's like, "Yes, President Trump," or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. was a long time before. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, first of all, just like, just want to let people know, like, you know, prayers go out for Trump and his family and everything. You know that. That's a horrible thing to have happen. And while we don't agree with, you know, a lot of the the values he kind of like he preaches often and tries to put out there, mm-hmm. um, this is a horrible time for him and his family. And just yeah. don't want that to be something that um, happens to people. I hope that he recovers quickly. Yeah. Um, but if, if there are any jokes made today about that kind of stuff, you know, just know that we're not. It's not timely. We're we're trying to just you know have fun with 
what they were having fun with, which was just that it was ridiculous. It was funny. It was something that was um, on topic at the time because he was he was on The Apprentice during those times, right? Uh, or at least it was coming up soon. Maybe. Simpsons is like 30 years old. Now. Well, I mean, when it <laughs> happened in The Simpsons might have been a little bit different. But, yeah. okay, so back to Futurama. Yeah, right. When when did Futurama come out? Was it 2000? Because I know that the first episode is the new millennia, right, millennium happy, happening, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the year 3000, right? Well, yeah. Well, He's the, been asleep for a thousand years. I meant when was the show created? Oh, that was like, I think it was right at... Right at 2000? Yeah, because, you know, the first episode, they're yeah. counting down to the... Y2K. To the Y2K, to the <laughs> millennium. And then it jumps forward 3,000 years, and they're dealing with the same subjects, but... Dang commies. <laughs> so one of, my, one of my favorite things, and spoilers, if you've never seen, seen the show, you should watch the show. Please watch the show. But if you've never seen the show, the first episode... They set up something that doesn't happen until, like, season three, and that's Nibbler. Yeah. Nibbler's in the first episode. He's a shadow, and he pushes over uh, Fry's chair. It blew my mind. Did we see him in that first episode? Yes, you do. In the you first can, episode? You can see the shadow. Guaranteed. See, I was almost certain that they added that in over time. They didn't. Because I could not remember seeing a shadow in there. Blows my mind every time I see it. They had him in the first episode. Wow. They, you can see the outline of Nibbler, the eye and everything. Wow. I need to go back and watch that. They did it. It is one of the most mind-blowing, mind-boggling things that they had that set up so early on. I thought this was a joke show. I thought this show had nothing like of uh, value to it until I was watching the first episode again, and I'm like, oh, wait, there's that shadow in the future, like when they're going back, and they're like, oh, well, let's add in that Nibbler was the one who did it. Yeah. No. That was the plan. Hmm. That was the plan. Nibbler did it. There's a shadow there, and that was the entire plan the entire time. It seems like this show, to Matt Groening, was kind of a work from the heart then, you know? Yeah, there was a lot in this one that I think, I don't even remember. I feel like he was excited about this because he could do something that The Simpsons couldn't do by trying to tell a different genre of, mm-hmm. of story, but... Uh, that one of the things I enjoy about this whole series is that it does still have the classic cartoon element of we need to reset the show before the episode's <laughs> yeah. over, you know, like fix all our problems so that we don't have it in the next episode. But at the same time, it's telling a consistent story, you know, like will Fry and Leela get together? Will uh, Will Leela know where her home world is? Like, yeah. it's got these huge elements. And it does it in a way that most shows don't, because every episode is not trying to tell the big story. Nope. But it does a good job at keeping the story going, no matter what little story they're telling in between. Yeah, yeah, no, I I loved it, especially when it comes to, like, Leela's hometown, and she thinks she's an alien the entire time, right? She's, she's like, where am I from? And then you get this, like, delightful song playing um, at... Chickadee, chickadee, come through my window. Yeah, that song. Um, it's so stuck in my head because of how much I love that episode and it makes me cry when you find out that, you know, she had her family. has been right there, right under her nose, literally. Yeah. Um, the entire time, she's not an alien. She's just a mutant. And that scene at the end of one of the episodes where she's like, where am I from? And it's panning up and then it just camera drops and you just see two eyes in the yeah. sewer staring out. 
I'm like, yeah, that's good. Yeah. It's... And then it has a good way of telling, you know, like social commentary. Because who are these mutants who live underneath and why oh, are they man. treated badly? And yeah. they're like the poor of society and not allowed to like ascend above and all these things. Yeah. Like, man, this is... I love the way that we're telling kind of like prophetic themes through satire, through comedy, through imagery. Yeah, this might sound bad, but uh, a lot of the lessons I learned um, <laughs> in my life uh, first started coming from Futurama. Um, I learned a lot of them right away, you know, about like friendship and stuff like that and how like how you should treat friends. And I learned a lot about like what it looks like because I was never, you know... Um, one of the richest people around, mm-hmm. but uh, I I still had this like this realization that like it's our job to like go and actually help people that are in these situations, not just to um, not just to kind of like exist above them, kind of a thing, right? Um, because that's what we see in the world is there's all these people that are just kind of like existing above these mutants. Um, and if they come up, it's like, oh, why are you doing this kind of a thing? Like, you're trying to escape what what's bad for you. And, like, that was one of the first moments that I kind of realized, like, oh, there is, like, a system in place that we don't recognize. Yeah. Like, there's this system of um, oppression that's happening to these people. Um, and that kind of relates to a lot of the stuff we see in the world right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the uh, ability to just bring up all different kinds of conversations and surprisingly sometimes address the conversations from all angles. Yeah. That makes it interesting. Like, I always remember uh, the evolution episode with, <laughs> good news, everyone, Professor Farnsworth, you know, trying to, he's on one side, like, no, evolution's real. And then ironically, you have a monkey who's yep. like, no, it's not, <laughs> you know. Uh, but uh, the, by the end of the episode, it leaves this, like, gray space because the professor, in order to try to prove it, accidentally created life as a creator. As a, yeah, he'd be, he created life and it evolved, but like all that stuff, like he was the creator. So it's like, created. so could we have been created? You know, it's like the episode's just kind of left at that where it's like, well, who knows anything then? You know, it's just <laughs> like, it's like, huh, interesting how they told both sides and left it like open to, is it as simple as we think it is? You know, from even a sci-fi <laughs> perspective, it's so is great. it as simple as we think it is? I love the line that just gets repeated twice in the episode of just like, I don't want to live on this planet anymore. <laughs> I don't want to live here anymore. <laughs> yeah. It just, because I feel like that fits into a lot of our, like when we're, we're so adamant about a topic, right? Um, when we're so like, we're pushing because we're like, no, this is something that is true. This is right. I need to like speak this. Mm-hmm. And then there are so many people who are adamantly opposed to you um, that you feel that way, right? And it, it just, that small line, even though it's a comedy and it's just kind of a throwaway joke, um, for me, means a lot for like when you're arguing with someone and you tr- you want to, your initial in- instinct is to like run away from them. And I think we see why that's a problem, but also helped Farnsworth learn in that episode is that it's a problem because he when he ran away, he didn't really like get anything to help him. He really learned the, the opposite side might have some substance as well. Yeah. So I-, I think it's good to like lean into your lean into the people that are um, opposing you, figure out why they're opposing you, right? And then maybe you, you're going to learn something yourself there. Maybe don't treat it as, you know, you're, you're right all the time. And that's one of the things that I've learned from that episode and I, I take with me. 
Yeah. There's a lot of classic one-liners throughout that are just very quotable because they, like, I don't know, they just make life, like, huh, you know, why is it that way? Like, <laughs> yeah. when they when they go to war in the episode, uh, what, war is the H word or something like that, yep. they go to war and they're, they're trying to fight off... They bouncing balls or were they the brains or they were balls? I, yeah, they were just a bunch of bouncing balls <clears throat> on a planet that they're trying to fight. Yep. And as they're fighting them, they're uh, <laughs> the way that they're like amping up the army to fight is like, wait, why are we doing this? Well, they said something bad about your mother, or, something. <laughs> yeah. or they're like, we don't know what they care about, who they are, but they don't look right to us, so we'll destroy. Them. You know, it's yeah. just like. These classic painting a picture for us of, huh? But they are <laughs> That's evil. kind of what war. Yeah, whatever they are, they're evil because they're not like us. And, <laughs> and you stand back and like, you know, sci-fi has a way of painting a lot of really <laughs> yeah interesting clear images like that. And that's that's part of the reason that I've always loved sci-fi. Um, we won't get too far into it, but uh, Seth MacFarlane had a sci-fi show, The Orville. Yeah, have you seen that at I all? I have, yeah. So, like, that show is almost, I would say, a master class in painting conversations <laughs> around topics by using sci-fi as the way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it almost cares about nothing more than, like, trying to... And I don't always agree with the way that they take it, especially from a spiritual perspective. I totally agree. But they do a great job at, like, painting... Here's how sci-fi can really bring us to like ask questions, think them over, mull them over. That's yeah. what Futurama's always done a good job for me for. So. Yeah, especially when uh, in episodes where you know you're seeing. Um, I just have to bring it up. Rocket ship. Like Don't I just do have to that. do that for Don't, you. I hate that. I just have to do that for you. That's but so uh, creepy. <laughs> I was sleeping because I fall asleep to Futurama. I have my earphones in, and that song's like oh. twenty decibels louder than the rest. I just. And it's so loud and so. Is it the devil's tone? Is that what it is? <laughs> tritone. Tritone. Was it tritone? No, it's just whatever the it is. Stuff. It scares the heck out of me. I don't like it. Well, there's like a harmony over it. It makes. It yeah, there is. It, it, there is very dissonant. That's the devil's tone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, that's why it didn't appear in. So. Music nerd time. Some music theory. Well, that's why it was called The Devil's Tone because they, they thought it was spiritualistically um, satanic because of how terrible it sounded. And it does sound terrible. <laughs> Tritone. Tritone. Yeah. You memorize the devil's note. <laughs> I can do a lot of them. I, mu I majored in music, guys. I, I'm using that degree to its fullest right now. Right now. Talking about um, Futurama. Talking about Futurama. And the rocket ship song. Yeah. But like we see a lot of... Uh, in Futurama, we... Um, we see a lot of that, that like symbolism and the the, the way that they use um, sci-fi to tell a story and everything, and to tell um, stories about how you know people can change and stuff like that. That's kind of like used a lot. Um, specifically, I love when they use the science science fiction elements to um, have Fry's mind kind of remember his like his mom and his past, and yeah. those moments really get to me because it's just. 
Um, he's been away from his family, and this entire time you're like, well, Fry's an idiot, like, kind of a thing. <laughs> but then you you see these human sides of Fry that, like, you don't see out of the other people. Mm. Um, probably because he's the main character, but also, I think, because he is the most human from what our perspective. We we can sympathize with him a lot because he's from our, our era, right? Um, but when he comes back in time and he sees his mom again and just kind of realizes that, like, you know, even though he wasn't there, his mom will always love him. Like, always. And it it, it transcends time. It transcends death um, is this love that his mom had for him. And that kind of gave him this, this satisfaction to just kind of just continue on from where he was. Because it was a hard time for him. I'm pretty sure Leela, like, had totally given up on him kind of a thing. And yep. um, Bender was, I think, mad at him as well at one point. And... He's the lowest of the low, and at the end, he still gets to see his mom and have her just say, like, I, I love you, and I'll always love you. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like it was out of place, like, in the memory. Like, you know, like, he didn't have this memory of his mom doing that, but it still mm. happened. So I, I love that science fiction element that can allow those moments to happen. Yeah, and I think one of the very strange things about Futurama is its ability to tell stories where, like, you're strangely crying at the end of the oh, episode. Yeah. Like, it makes no sense. Like, What's happening right now? Like, you know, the dog episode. Oh, the dog, As man. the credits roll and he's just sitting there oh. waiting for Fry to come back and it's been years. But then and... they pay it off at the end of the show and everything. Yeah. Oh. And, like, everything before that was... A mix of comedy and a little bit of storytelling. But then at the end, you're just like, why do I care so much about this dog? You got Professor Farnsworth when he learns about, like, his parents abandoned. And then he figures out, like, wait, you're that son? We love you. We stayed up with you every night and things like that. You're like, man, what? There's just a lot of... There's a lot of epic storytelling. I was even reading one of the comics. Zap Brannigan, you're like, there's no story to this guy. Oh, no, Dude's yeah. Dude's just like, <laughs> whatever. It's just, hey, everybody. Like, just completely ridiculous. Over the there. top. Yeah, he's like a, a William Shatner character. Just, Champagne. Yeah. <laughs> Champagne. And... Uh, when I was reading one of the comics, it gives a little bit of his backstory that he used to be like this really like smart, cool guy who was like got his job because he was doing great things, and then just something happened. I can't remember what. I'm looking for it to read it. Again. Well, I'll just say Lee E E La Lee La Lee E La. L-E-E-L-A. Yeah, so he... But he's got his own, like, kind of dark story. Not dark story, but, like, bitter story in the comics that make him the way that he is. And I just read one of the comics last night where Leela uh, replaces Zap. Nixon puts him, puts her in charge, and then uh, um, he she becomes exactly like Zap with all this power and whatnot. It's just, huh. like, the way that they still have ways to, like, tell stories... Communicate, just the way that life goes if we're not paying attention. It's one of the beauties of this show. I should say, for anyone listening right now who's never watched the show, and you're like, maybe I'll let my kids watch this. It's no. not that appropriate. <laughs> no. not, not, not at all. So you you would want to see it before, you know. Um, but it's it's not for kids. This is like an adult cartoon for you to be 
processing information. But it's not like it's not like TVMA adult either. You know, no, it's nothing like that. It's definitely um, there are some episodes that push the lines too much, but seems <clears> to. <throat> what? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, Tyler's got one in mind. But. Yeah, for sure. There are a few that come to mind when I'm like, oh, well, oh, I remember yeah, that episode. There's always in every season of like a show that is made for adults. There's always a few episodes where like, guys, why'd you do that? Like. That's just not your style. Be be you. <laughs> yeah, I think that that was just a, a time thing for those shows, like The yeah. Simpsons and everything. They were going through this time where South Park was getting a lot of lot mm-hmm. of views, um, just because they were, uh, you know, entertaining by shock value. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, Matt Groening just doesn't have that same kind of writing style um, to really shock you. Um, he's really good at like witty humor. And yeah, which is what I like him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love witty humor. And when he sticks to it, man, he just nails it every yeah. time. But like when he tries to do the shock humor. Yeah, and that's kind of what bummed me out with his new show. Uh, Disenchanted, is that what it's called? Yeah, Disenchanted. Oh, I don't I feel bad about that show. That... There's there's some elements to it that crack me, especially like the, the, uh, the village of the little... Oh goblins. yeah, the little what, what are they? What? They're, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, I don't know. Like they they crack me up because they elves supposed, technically. Yeah, so okay. the elves are always like cheery, cheery all the time. But they're you know, anyways, they do a good job at being funny. But like the rest of it was it just looks like him trying to like push shock value. Yeah, because I think he was inspired by like Rick and Morty or something to like try to just over the know, top man. everything and. And I was like, no, Matt Groening, I really appreciate you sticking to I was hoping just he would go back to his roots and have Mm -hmm. a really classic, like, Futurama-esque story to be told. And... From a a fantasy perspective. Yeah, and even a... Even for him to kind of change it up and do, like, more of, like, the Simpsons kind of humor. But, like, the... I don't know. The humor just falls flat the entire show for me. Yeah. I mean, ugh. it does tell. It has interesting story components to it. Yeah, by but I'm season bored. two, it's developed a lot. But yeah, I felt the same way. I'm just bored. But uh, um, what was I going to say? I don't know something about Futurama. <laughs> sure, there are two episodes of Futurama that I still get to watch that I haven't seen. What? <laughs> What episodes haven't you seen? I have seen the whole thing a million times, but there are two episodes. One is when Bender becomes like life springs up on his belly as he's floating. That's the such a fellas. good episode. Yes. I have always fallen asleep during it, so I have never seen the whole thing. So I have one episode that one day I will see all the way to the credits. That like influenced my like philosophy <laughs> when I was growing up. Like understanding like what a god is kind of a thing and like how if god is like doing these things like how could god be reacting to some things and i i know it's over the top and like it's bender we're talking about but like uh but at the same time it taught me like you know what's the person like does god have a personality like what is that how does that work you know what's god's personality like and you know as we look through the bible and stuff that's where i kind of like i started questioning you know what is does God have a personality? What is this? And I don't know. I still am sitting here going, I have no idea. What is God's personality like? Well, that's one I haven't finished. <laughs> yep. 
The other one, I think, I've never gotten to the end of the movie. It's the D&D episode. What? Once they get in... There's a lot that happens in that, yeah. in that movie. But once they get where Bender accidentally turns the whole world into D&D, mm-hmm. I almost always like end up falling asleep right at that point. So I never get to see everything that happens after. Man. So I've seen both of those episodes in chunks. But due to the fact that I always fall asleep... I've never gotten all the way beginning to end. <laughs> Man, those are so such good episodes. I will say, um, speaking of the Futurama movies, one of the ones that upset me the most, and maybe this was just me, was the Beast with the Billion Backs. Um, mm. Only because this one was totally focused on religion. Yeah. And it was telling the story about what if a deity was love, but it was perverting it so much that, like... You know, if you're a Christian, you believe that God is love. And now we're seeing this whole thing just like perverted and twisted in front of you. That's where that episode for me was one that's like I struggled to like enjoy this one. Uh, Now that I've gotten a little older, I see some of the humor that they were intending to communicate and and whatnot. But like there was enough in that one that like after I saw it first time I was like I didn't enjoy this I don't know if I could watch it again yeah no I'm, I'm remembering it now that you're bringing it up um if I remember right like I I thought it was a good like because like what what is like connecting us what if it was like a physical thing and what if love was you know they didn't go with like a so there's different types of love like we when I mean, you talk to you like you don't love your brother the same way you love your wife kind of a thing mm. that'd be weird um but i uh, you know when when they are expressing love in that episode they were not expressing it no not at all in like a <laughs> in God like a godly way, kind of yeah. way yeah yeah no for sure it's it's more of like the the like the sexual and the yeah. the the very you said perverse like kind of love mm-hmm. um and so my takeaway from it when I was watching it I didn't even really view him as a god yeah. um because uh first of all he was corporeal <laughs> he was a an octopus from space. For I, yeah, I viewed him as a H.P. Lovecraft horrific like. Yeah, that mo- what if was what he looked like. What if H.P. Lovecraft was a weird, you know, weird thing? And so like that, I never really viewed it as like this this like actual god, you know. Yeah. So like my my takeaway from it was like this horrific creature from you know beyond that's supposed to be scary is actually just some pathetic dude that like yeah wants to like it's, it's a total bro kind of guy like oh man dude and tries to like gaslight people the entire time like he's just a totally terrible person yeah. like so i didn't see it as like uh even a critique on like god or religion or anything i saw it more as like a critique on um first of all polygamy <laughs> yeah um and second of all, like, it was a critique on, like, a societal idea of what, like, a relationship should look like. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, when they, when we're talking about that, I think they did a good job of showing, like, dude, you can't just take people over. Like, it's got to be yeah. consensual kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I think they did a really good job of showing, like, that light of it. So Yeah, and now I that, know. like, I, I watched it one more time recently just to, like, see 
how my mind would process it now. And I, I caught a lot more of that the second time around. Yeah. The first time, though, like, I've always loved the Christian mystics. They're some of... They're just... Their writing is beautiful. Their prose is beautiful. But the thing that I love most about the Christian mystics is always their, like, heart to find the intimacy of God. Yeah. To, like, chase him down and, like, pursue him. And, and when you're using that kind of language, they tend to get romantic or use intimate language about finding God they don't mean it perversely at all I hope not they don't but they their language comes across in more of this like Jesus is our groom the church is the bride you know it's pursuing God from more of that perspective yeah uh, they sometimes seem to use a lot of the uh, song of songs and their mm-hmm. like quotations of pursuing Jesus. So you get that. So for someone like me who's spent some time with the mystics and enjoys uh, worship songs that can bring about those kinds of um, pursuit type lyrics, when that when that episode comes along and you see a few overlaps yeah, yeah, with no. that kind of language oh, for sure. it messed with my head i'm like this is not at all what and since uh i didn't know if they were at the time I'm like i don't know if this is just straight commentary on, on <laughs> like everything that we would say or sing in church and, and whatnot so and there's definitely commentary there on church. oh I yeah mean, there's plenty oh, yeah there's commentary there. on church i don't yeah. mind i don't mind uh a lot of times actually when um, satire points things out about the church and I was like oh wow I never thought of it that way that's that's a good way to <laughs> to get my attention but then that episode was when I was like no I don't need the crassness of this to try to try to mess with what I never meant to imply type thing but yeah no I, like definitely I don't want to like misconstrue that yeah there's definitely commentary on church there's definitely this idea that like um, you know Throughout all of Futurama, there's a lot of stuff that kind of puts down like religion and stuff like that, which I was that's why I was surprised to see in the evolution versus creationism that they left space for that they left space for it. And I think since it was a later season that we see that happening for that show, I think it was almost a like Matt Groening kind of like saying, you know, I've been a little harsh on this, I don't totally believe that you know, there's only science we have there's also this like spiritual side of everything um that you can have because like we have strong emotions and stuff like that and you know he wants to have that mean for something i think but uh there's a lot of commentary so this is another reason why it's you know not for children i would say for futurama is just because they're not going to understand the when i was a kid watching this i would say it led me like in a different direction than i would have wanted to be going where I am now um, for a lot of thought processes when it was coming to like philosophy and how I um, how I would understand um, some of the greater questions um, about like there being gods and like how does science play a role in all of that I luckily I'm a person that like likes to have those thought processes go through my mind to make sure that I'm having like the right um, like I'm moving in the right direction I'm having this thought of you know you know, does God exist? How would that look in a world that I know exists with like science and everything? And we've proven that. Um, Cause that's what I was going through, you know, when I was a kid, I was, I was com- coming up in like these teenage years where I had no idea about anything in the world. And I was asking myself, you know, does God exist? How would that work? How would I be able to, you know, how does it fit into this world that I was told my entire life that it exists, right? 
Um, and I think a lot of people like to separate a lot of the science from their church. And I think that that's, that's wrong. That's, I, I think that that's crudely kind of abandoning what makes God so special to me is this, this universe that God has created, potential multiverse that God could have created, is, is a sign of his power. Like, right? It's this idea that there there could be aliens in the world. What would that look like if we met them? And like, we, we've talked about that at Nerd Church. We've talked about, um, you know, what does it mean? Does it matter that there is, if there could be aliens? C.S. Lewis even wondered what would happen if there's aliens, you know? And I think that that matters so much because God created everything. And if he created everything, then he created science. He created these systems for us to live within. He created then evolution, if you believe in evolution, um, which which I do. Um, he created all of these things, right? And for me, that's just speaking to the magnitude. Because when I watch a show, I want to see them set something up and then follow through with it. And I think that God kind of did that with the world. He set up all these systems and then we finally recognized the systems and we're like, now we're like, well, we're great. You know, (laughs) look what I found, guys. I found out that we could manipulate oxygen to make gold if we wanted to. Ha, I'm so great. And God is just sitting there like, yeah, okay, that's been done since the beginning of time for you. But uh, good job finding it out, (laughs) you know, like... This is it just it's just crazy to me because I I think that the the science in the world the the questions we have through science fiction the the ideas that get like pondered through those because I'm not a huge science fiction guy but when I watch science fiction yeah you're the you're the best science fiction guy <laughs> uh, when we see those moments when when it's being pondered when it's being thought of man science fiction is just a great way to express the vast questions we have about how a creator can fit into a world that is evolving, moving forward, changing constantly, that we think is changing constantly, but we see the consistency later on, you know? There's just so many ways that I think sci-fi can, while talking to our humanistic side, our human like view notion that we, you know, are humans, we are great in some way that a lot of shows like to try to portray, I think I really want to encourage Christians to kind of go out into that field because I think that we don't do it enough. We don't want to talk to people about science. We don't want to talk to people about um, science fiction. We don't want to talk to people about fantasy. We don't want to talk to people about nerdy things because that's a harder conversation. And I can't just say, well, Jesus loves me and that's the end of it. Um, You know, one of the ways we're going to have to disciple today is through harder conversations about science and about these things. So... I don't know. I'm a nerd church guy because I am a nerd. I love nerd things. And I I think a lot of these topics get left behind. Yeah, and if a lot of what Tyler just said really strikes you, you you really should check out Nerd Church sometime on Monday nights, 530 to 9, because the the very first conversations we had at Nerd Church is, hey, let's talk about evolution and aliens. Evolution and aliens. (laughs) This is what you're used to at church, right? And I understand, like, there were some nerds who actually were, like... I think offended and didn't yeah. know what to do with it. And then there are others who are like, finally someone will let me talk about this and found it helpful. So, um, you know, for me, God didn't make a being called science that's disconnected from him. God made yeah. science. So, 
if we find something in science, the question isn't like, is this evil? It's uh, no, God made science. Sure, some science could maybe have experienced its corruption over time since the Garden of Eden is envisioned as like thorns didn't even exist in this place. That came about because of the fall. Um, But nonetheless... I will digress too far if I keep following that rabbit trail. <laughs> no, we'll get there eventually, right? Yeah. We got to talk about that at some point. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah. The the I think science fiction has a great job of of trying to tell uh, stories that make us think not only about the past, our present, but also about the future. Like there was one yeah. show I watched that featured like polygamy but they reversed it where it was a woman with like several husbands which is actually a Futurama Futurama, yeah (laughs) Futurama does have an episode that does that but like they try to envision it as like a is what the future is like and they're they almost seem to be like trying to convince you like morally maybe this is okay and you're like sitting there and you're as a Christian are like making a case as to like no it's not and here's why you know like Mm -hmm. you know we and then you're like you're taking these biblical portraits of polygamy and it's forcing you to like deal with that, deal with our present, deal with this prediction of the future. Because, again, sci-fi oftentimes predicts like, yeah, based on the way that we think now, here's the next step. And so like when that comes about, I'm not going to be blindsided by it if it did. Because I'll be like, I've already sat yeah, with these sci-fi yeah. conversations of... What could the future hold? What would it be like? How would I react? And and so I don't come necessarily late to the party, whereas everyone else might be very reactionary in that moment of, ah, how dare you? You know, it's like, yeah. all right, hang on. <laughs> I've watched sci-fi before. <laughs> Guys. I'm ready for <laughs> I've seen this before. I've got an answer. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Futurama, that's one of the reasons why I think I still go back to it. Yeah. Is just even though I don't always agree with what they're trying to say. No, no, right? Not with any show do I feel that. Yeah, way, so. and I I think that's good though because we're all we're all in a different place as humans, right? Um, and we all like. And I'm not saying it's like good that they are saying you know the the bad things are good things. I'm trying to say that um, it's good that we're having those discussions mm-hmm. because people are all in different places of life. People are all having different experiences. And when we are able to c- have a conversation about it, instead mm-hmm. of, you know, just yelling at each other over Facebook or something, um, yeah. that's when we're able to start engaging with people and having um, what I think is the life that kind of God wanted for us. And that's the, to be able to share it with our neighbors, right? To share his presence with our neighbors. And Yeah. And I found too, that some of what it does is it, it uh, sometimes it challenges me. There are times where shows can tell current day narratives that I disagree with very strongly, mm-hmm. and they will be they'll make a very compelling episode, and I have to sit back and say, "How do I deal with that? Yeah, <laughs> am right. I wrong, or is there something I'm missing here?" And like. You know, if you're someone like me who's usually wanting to challenge what I'm seeing and not just accepting it or, or repelling it, mm-hmm. um, but if you're someone who wants to challenge it, you'll find that those moments are like, okay, this can a help me understand the other side better. Yeah. B know how to have the conversation because I understand the side better, <laughs> and C strengthen my argument back when I can say, you have a good point here how would I respond? Mm -hmm. And like that for me is part of what sci-fi does. Cause it's not usually just like, 
Guardians of the Galaxy were flying around blowing stuff up. <laughs> Most sci-fi television is like, what does society and culture look like in the future? Or if we were to find them elsewhere, things yeah. like that. So. Yeah. No, I, I think that's such an important conversation to have is just, you know, with what we're doing right now, how is it going to affect us? You know, are we moving in the direction that we want to be moving? And I think that's one of the things that we love about Futurama is it tells us this story of like, this is what's happening now. This is where it's moving, you know? And uh, they used current topics in the future um, to like, to show and represent this idea, you know, to kind of like push that to, to the extreme at times and to have you really sit back and register what's being said. And, you know, if there's anything you've learned through this entire thing, it's that you should definitely go watch Futurama for your spiritual if health. You're right? old, <laughs> if you're old enough and know how to discern the media that you're watching. Yes. Because, um, again, you know, it's not necessarily appropriate, but it's it can be... No, and most most of the time what, when you're what hearing show criticism... Do you watch yeah, is the, well, think of it as a critique against um, who you are. Not all critique is going to be have truth to it. And part of the part of the beauty of finding um, to being the best person that you can be for yourself and uh, and kind of wading through that is is hearing all the critique. Um, not just, you know, saying like, ah, oh, haters are gonna hate, you know, kind of a thing. You have to take the 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 bad stuff with the good stuff and you have to kind of learn from it. Um, if that's one thing that I've learned through life that I hope you guys can learn too. Um, nothing's no when somebody tells you something they're just telling you what they think is a better way to do to do something do something in the world right they're just trying to give you their experience and their um passion towards something we also do that to others we're not always trying to put them down but sometimes we're wrong too and part of it's trying to figure that out wade through the water figure it out sit there with god meditate pray on it and then come out with an answer you know I think that when you, when it comes to Futurama and any kind of show, I mean, I would say that Adventure Time even is inappropriate at times um, to the point that made me kind of go like, whoa, okay, that's a, that's a different kind of thing to show on TV. Um, <laughs> See our last episode on Adventure yeah, Time. Yeah, go watch Adventure Time. To learn more about that. But uh, you, you got to take the bad with the good. And I think that's one of the one of the hardest things that we can do as humans. But um, once you've learned to kind of take all critique in and just roll with the punches, that's when you're going to start feeling like you're actually improving. Yeah. I think one of the ways that uh, Futurama is a little more helpful than that than some other sci-fi mm -hmm. is that it's meant to be comedy. Yeah. And that even if it, like, is insulting... You can't help but kind of giggle a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, whereas like there are other shows that's just like this is narrative and truth and story, and you're like, no, it's not. Shut up. But but this one's always poking fun at itself. Interesting thing about Simpsons is like a lot of the people who make that show, or some of the top people who make the show, are actually like Catholic. So like, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They know when they're like poking fun at Christians, they're poking fun at themselves and kind of telling the stories that they actually know about about that you know because they're used to and you see that and some of the episodes you watch are such great commentary on christian like i've yeah. seen the mega church has been mm -hmm. in a big topic in simpsons episodes there was this past season there was a whole episode about this like pastor who came in who was kind of actually like cool and and you like the way that he's talking and 
And, uh, yeah, I didn't agree with all those points because certainly not things that pastors would say. But, like, they did a good job at telling his story, showing, like, how a pastor could maybe meet the community better by knowing more about it. And then also how he could destroy his career by having done something stupid in the past. And it's just like, wow, I didn't expect to find this in the middle of The Simpsons. So so a lot of times, you know, the the people who are making these shows... Are giving you some of their own stories as to well, yeah. what they've like, experienced. So I used to watch South Park when I was younger. I'm not going to say anything inappropriate. <laughs> I guarantee. I've um, only seen like one episode. That one never really appealed to me. It's I wouldn't watch it even as an adult. Uh, it's it's funny. I I laughed all the way through college and stuff. But then as an adult, I realized, you know, this isn't edifying at all. I have other shows like that for myself. So so. When I, when I watched it, though, one of the biggest critiques for the church that I thought, like, I had to think on was at the end of a church service, because uh, one of the creators was Christian, he, he isn't anymore, but um, he re- they really don't like the church, if you've ever watched South Park. Um, but they're at the end of a church service, and they go to pray, and the prayer is about how uh, let, we pray that the Broncos will win another Super Bowl. <laughs> And uh, we pray that uh, they, they will have a good time. They won't fumble, fumble the ball. Um, and then you know how like in most, a lot of like churches, they'll like say, amen, they're like, amen. And then they do like a little song after. Well, their song was, let's go, repeat, let's go, Broncos, Broncos, <laughs> Broncos, let's go. Amen. Amen. And that's how they ended their service. And I'm like, yeah, you know, like you sometimes I can be like that. Yeah, yeah. they are because I'm sitting there like some Sundays. I'm like, man, I, I want to go home and watch this football game. Like, I want to see the ending to this football game. And I'm like, man, I, I really shouldn't want that. And you know, they're not Christians; they don't claim to be, but they saw something in me that they're like, this is hypocritical of you. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? You're right. I, I shouldn't want that. I should want to be here. You know. So maybe we have to start football church. So I can, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> football church uh, Sunday night, depending on COVID nineteen. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, it really spoke to me in that that moment. And I was like, oh man, that's that doesn't feel good. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was even a pastor. I read this article. A pastor is like, like just ended his message or didn't preach a message because he wanted to go watch some game. So he's like, all right, everybody, let's go home. And it's like, well, okay. <laughs> Good thing I don't like football. Maybe I would have a problem too. But I have to miss Bob's Burgers to be at church, so I have my own issues. <laughs> he loves Bob's Burgers. I, well, I I watched a few seasons, I think, but I, I don't watch. I haven't watched it all. Well, this is a good. Uh, I keep sidelining. I'll wrap it up here, but <laughs> but this is a good example of when a show just figures out who it is rather than try to be someone else. Because that was like. Um, that, that, that was the thing with Bob's Burgers. When it started, it was like pushing the envelope in kind of like ways that just weren't appropriate or just kind of disturbing. I think that's all I've seen. Yeah. I, I don't care for a lot of that. But then, and I think I saw the creator like tweeted like, look, we didn't know a bunch of, you were going to have your kids watch our show. <laughs> so, so we've had to change it over time. But like eventually it it started becoming more rather than trying to push the envelope just kind of land in a Simpsons type area where there actually is good sometimes there's good family values or just like 
the fa- the value of family is a yeah. big one. Uh, and telling stories instead of telling like really uh, disturbing humor, they decided that their humor niche is just poop jokes. And like that's all they're gonna stick with for now on. So like all the jokes are just like potty humor, but it's not like that's great. It's not like well, sometimes it's gross. Like there's a whole episode about will Louise be able to use a bathroom that's not in her house on a field trip <laughs> because Bob can't either, and they have to bond over it. <laughs> that's an entire storyline of an episode, and that's a very consistent theme. That's good. It's that's a good. consistent theme that comes up throughout. I'm going to watch this show. So after about a season or two, like the first season, you're like, "Eh, I don't know if I'm going to get into this. Then they kind of drop a little bit of that. And then they kind of come back a little bit. But by like season three, they're just like, eh, let's just be us. You know? I love the cat butt episode. The cat butt episode. The the sister who draws like cat's butts only. (laughs) She doesn't know it though. She like posts it on the walls. Yeah. She thinks it's abstract art. Oh, she does. I think I, I don't know. Maybe I don't we remember that episode. That too episode. Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but either way, today we've been talking. We thought about Futurama. Instead, we talk about Futurama, Simpsons, Disenchanted, Bob's Burgers, yeah. <laughs> and the sci-fi helpful importance of sci-fi yep. to help you kind of think over. Um, Popular topics, not only of today, but where the world could lead. Yeah. And what you would do if that were to actually come to fruition. This is a podcast that stays on topic. (laughs) Uh, Sure. Uh, Is that your new catchphrase for today? Uh, Maybe. I don't know. So that's our catchphrase. The podcast that stays on topic. Maybe we don't know. And we will catch you again next week when we talk about something else on a different topic. Wobble-wobble-ding-dong. <laughs> <laughs>